Hello and welcome to Crossview Radio, a weekly podcast for Wayne County. I'm John Marino, pastor of Crossview Church in Orville. We exist to glorify God by exalting Christ and magnifying the gospel for the joy of all nations. We are here uh, this week at uh, T4G in Louisville, Kentucky. You can probably hear in the background we are uh, in a hotel right now and talking with a couple guys about church planting. Many of you guys uh, probably know that we uh, have been church planting here in Orville for uh, the last three years. And our sending church, uh, Palmetto Baptist Church, uh, is in Greenville, South Carolina. Uh, Powdersville, actually, South Carolina. And we got Pastor Jason Ormiston uh, from there with us. And also, uh, uh, Palmetto planted uh, Centerpoint Baptist Church as well. And so Pastor Heston Blake is here with us from there. Also, welcome, guys. Well, it's good to be here. Thanks so much. Yeah, can you guys share as we kind of get started a little bit, uh, a little bit about uh, maybe your heart for church planning, what you're doing right now in your ministry, and uh, kind of what uh, what gives you a heart and passion for church planning? Pastor Jason, you want to sure. start us off? Yeah. Um, so I would say the call to fulfill the Great Commission, to be a part of it, the joy of making disciples of the nations, it's um, manifested at a church level through planting churches. So individually, we're hopefully leading people to Jesus and teaching them how to lead others to Jesus. And if our churches are doing the same thing, we're planting churches. And so that's the great motivation for me. And also knowing that Christ says, I'm going to build the church and the gates of hell don't prevail. So, Yeah, we really we were encouraged uh, our time at Palmetto by that heart uh, for church planting that I think that you've emphasized. And that really, I think in a lot of ways, has driven us even uh, where we're at. Uh, Heston, what about you? Tell us a little bit about the church plant there. Yeah, when we started church planting was not for me. I thought that was for those <laughs> crazy people that go out to the western side of the United States. And uh, we, we planted about three hours from Palmetto with the intention of it being a, almost a sister church where we could have some help in the background. Uh, Jason was personally instrumental in a lot of that, going, you should consider it. I uh, went through a phase of like, no, I don't need to do that. I was planning to climb the... Uh, the religious corporate ladder of a youth pastor to senior pastor and calling it a day but uh, the church plant really God just kind of changed our heart and we really really love church planting uh, got a great family of um, some people up in Huntersville North Carolina and I uh, wouldn't change it for the world how long have you guys been there we will be entering into uh, our seventh year in December okay. uh, so about six seven years now cool. right so why church planting what um, why even bother with the whole issue of church planting I know for us, uh, we target an area that we, I asked a lot of the surrounding pastors in Charlotte, and we were in the Bible Belt, so mm-hmm. to tell people why another church in the Bible Belt, I actually tracked down a lot of our pastors in the area, and said, is there a needy area? I didn't want to just be another uh, flock for sheep to jump to. Um, we really want to be a, a gospel presence, and getting the, the, really the boots in the ground message was go to Huntersville. Uh, our city's gone from 10,000 to, I think we're at 65,000 people in the last 10 to 15 years, so really wasn't a gospel presence period uh, a local church that's why we chose Huntersville Um, so finding that location where the gospel needs to go forward was was our plan yeah I think there's a lot of unbelievers Mm -hmm. that um, call themselves believers and they they do that because they go to church or occasionally show up to church Mm -hmm. and I think there's a great need for churches to be planted yeah and the other thing that you guys have started doing at Palmetto that I think um we should start rethinking a little bit more um, is you guys are doing revitalization right. now, which yeah. I think maybe is a little bit more on the rise. People are thinking about that, yeah. but 
just talk a little bit. How many churches? Is it two churches that you guys are investing in right now? Yeah, so we, we actually are currently working with three. And okay. one of them, we realized that as we were talking with the pastor and working and sending some members, um, that it wasn't the best fit for our particular church. And so I was able to connect them with a couple other churches. Mm-hmm. And so that's been a, a success in the midst of it not working out the way I intended. Mm-hmm. And that's what happens a lot of times with these ideas. You, you try something and it kind of looks like it's failing, but God's at work. But the idea is this. We have a lot of small churches, particularly in urban areas, mm-hmm. that have buildings and not many people. They do have some resources. And instead of having all these churches close their doors, what if we could send people, send help with training and revitalize them to reclaim cities? That's the thought. Yeah, that's so Heston and I, we've been kind of church planning essentially from from scratch. We had, did you have a team with you? I know we had a kind of a a small team. There was four of us. Four of you. My wife and I and one other couple. Okay. Okay. That's that's a team. That's a team. Paul and Marcus. Paul Silas. Paul um, Timothy, I'm gonna keep going. <laughs> it's always Paul, though. <laughs> so the revitalization. One one of the things that you know is a challenge, I think, in in church planning is you don't have all the the resources in terms of just uh, maybe a building or the materials and things like that. So, do you see that as being helpful in terms of revitalization? All that foundational work, well, and in the logistics, I guess. It could also be. Or? It could also be one of the biggest burdens because mm-hmm. the building's falling apart. Yeah. It does take a different kind of guy sure. to be good at revitalizing a church. Yeah. A church planter is more of an entrepreneurial, really go yeah. get them, meet people. A church revitalizing guy is got to shepherd the yeah. flock that's there and help bridge gaps yeah. in the community. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, they're similar, but they are distinct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What uh, are there any other unique uh, challenges or things that sets revitalization apart from church planning that has been maybe stumbling blocks for you guys or barriers or things you guys had to work past? Well, I mean, I to me, it's the barrier of what I see in the modern church movement of uh, a one large church branding itself yeah. throughout the community and coming up with multi-campus mm-hmm. sites. There's nothing inherently wrong with that. It seems to me to miss a shepherding component that the New Testament refers to. Sure. And I, I would like to see us go and help churches that had a vision reclaim that vision and then actually partner together to reclaim cities. So I think there's a lot of strength in it. But we still need church planters. We need to do, you guys doing what you're doing yeah. Yeah. What to about, reach people. Yeah, what about if you have some unique challenges in the church planning context that you, you faced? or Yeah, I think for me it's growing to remember and remind ourselves continually that, that Christ is going to build this church. Yeah. Uh, I know your context being in a, a YMCA for now, yeah. for us we were basically handed a building. Uh, we, were li- we were living the, and are living the church planter's uh, dream right now, uh, having a, a good facility for $500 a month, which is yeah. kind of crazy, but God's going to provide for different things in different ways. I mean, yeah. to provide for you guys at the Y's, it sounds really yeah. cool. Yeah. Uh, so just thinking through those things. Yeah, yeah. I think um, one of the things that's that's helpful, kind of going back again to this uh, idea of, of team, uh, we, we didn't go up with a team, but we met a group of people that had been meeting, about 15 people. And uh, I, I can't imagine just the, the challenge of, of completely doing it from scratch, but that team... Um, model has been immensely helpful for us because right from the beginning we had people 
who were able to uh, preach if I needed to leave or to lead music, and uh, and that was just um, a huge uh, huge benefit of that. So let me ask, um, you know, where where should we be doing this? Where are we doing this? Um, I know Palmetto is gearing up to possibly do a church plant in Seattle as well. Right. Um, any input on that in terms of that why the, why choosing? Yeah, the reason there? for out west, there's a great need out west for mm-hmm. sure, but it's more that God's moving in the heart of one of our volunteer pastors to head out in that direction. Mm-hmm. So it's not so that so much that we're strategically looking at the west mm-hmm. or Midwest or sure. any. My my own personal heartbeat is towards urban. Yeah. You know, I'd love to see urban churches revitalized and planted. Um, but in the case of Bill Eisman, as he's going out to Seattle, as the Lord's leading him, that's just God places a burden on his heart. We want to help partner with people and help them. Yeah. And then the other one, the other three are in the Greenville area? Yes, Is that they right? are. Okay. Right. Okay. Right. Do you guys have your eyes on the other church revitalizations right now? or? Yeah, so right now I think it's more of getting even further organized as to how to really help these churches because we've just jumped in a lot of times with i'd say church planning it's so much fun you just got to jump in yeah it's not as difficult as it a lot of people make it sound it's helpful to get education on it and all read books but ultimately if god's leading yeah he guides he provides you jump in you try to have a core group and you get started and then you learn and you ask lots of questions i wouldn't you say i mean yeah there's so many different challenges i would think to revitalization with with church planning you get to start the framework from ground yeah. zero. Uh, that's everything from a, a translation to philosophy yeah. to, and people inherently get to know that. Now, I think the flip side of that is in the early days, you often have a lot of people trying to make their own agenda yeah. your church plan. And I think if we're committed yeah. to doing it God's way, you have to work through some of those challenges. So yeah. there's challenges on both, right, both sides. Yeah. And, and if I can say one other thing on sure. that, if you use the analogy that I did with the churches are like people, people, reach people for Jesus and reproduce themselves. Yes. Churches should do that. Yeah, absolutely. Church revitalization only works if the church is at that Galatians 6-1 mm. where they're overtaken. Mm. You can't help a church that's dying by me telling them, your church is dying. Mm-hmm. I don't see many people there. That's an arrogant approach on my part. I need to wait for the church to get to a point where they're like, we're overtaken and what's going on? Please help us. And then a lot of that tradition or whatever we used to do it this way, they say we used to do it this way, but obviously it's not working. Mm-hmm. So, did so they come to you then? All of them have they at all this come point. To you. Okay. Yeah, and I'm hoping yeah. that that'll continue, but also yeah. that we'll be able to have word of mouth that we're sure. doing this, and then churches sure. will hear about it and say something. Sure. Yeah, I think one of the things that's been uh, helpful to us in, in our ministry is you mentioned Minio Hudson. Just there, being in a church plant, there was an in- inherent level of flexibility mm-hmm. that was there, so there wasn't. Um, there wasn't necessarily this uh, idea of uh, this tradition of this is the way we've always done it. Um, and even now when we have to make uh, different kinds of changes, you know, logistically and otherwise, I think there's a lot more flexibility um, than maybe in an in, in established church where you're trying to change direction. That can be challenging sometimes. Um, is that, Pastor Jason, when you guys are ministering in this, this context, is that something that comes up in terms of just trying to break past some of maybe the the tradition that's built up or as far as revitalizing yeah sure. yeah. yeah i mean we're we're in the same boat with you guys mm-hmm. as far as we're setting up chairs every saturday yeah. we don't have our own building so we're coming up on eight years so the fact that you were sent out in seven <laughs> appreciate that yeah that's yeah great. well we're, i mean we're think, building. 
we can use that. Yeah, right. <laughs> so we have our own challenges, but I, I've said to both of you that the driving force, the principles of God's word, mm-hmm. the people God brings you, then the programs to meet the needs, the yeah. property will fall in line. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm hoping and trusting that that's going to happen <laughs> yeah. for us. Yeah. But those things can be difficult because you want to have that secure base yeah. because there's so many things you want to do. Yeah. But anyway. Well, yeah. No, I'd, I'd like to talk about that for a minute because maybe just uh, talk here a little bit about some of the the, the how-to of church planning. And obviously, there, we, every context is different. But for us, in our current context at the YMCA, um, I was sharing with you guys the other day that it's actually been um, a positive thing to be at the YMCA. You know, we... We have to set up every week, tear down. Um, it doesn't take that that long, but at least in terms of just the size that we are as a church plant right now, and the amount of people we have in terms of resources, um, it's been it's freed us up to. We don't have to maintain a building mm-hmm. right now, and so all of that time translates for us into ministry. So we can do more of the discipleship more of the, you know, the people work, more of the one-on-one uh, small groups, Bible studies, because, um, you know, we don't have to, um, you know, you know to, uh, to maintain a building. And, and honestly, you know, until we're at a point where we're um, outgrowing that space, I don't, see, I don't see a building as essential for us. In fact, I'm hearing of some church plants that are permanently renting, um, I think there's good and bad to that, but um, I think as long as we can, we'll uh, we'll do something like that. Has a little bit of how you guys kind of approached it, the how-to. Yeah, we're we're renting our building. Uh, it's a church building, but a probably seats about 140 people. Um, we have a relationship. We pay $500 a month, as I mentioned, and really they cut the grass. They do all the maintenance. Anything over a thousand dollars, they pay for. Wow. So, it, I think there's there's challenges on both sides. I think the the building component is a blessing in the sense of it provides a stability to the community that this church is not just here uh, while this guy's here. Uh, we intentionally moved to our zip code, our houses in our zip code where the church is. So just there's a lot of pieces just in the humanistic element to say this this group wants to be here for the long range of our community. I think the flip side, like you said, uh, the transientness of being in the YMCA, you're with people all the time. You got you have a natural in and out basis for people. That's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. I think the challenge, though, with what you're describing is the modern take on renting a building and not putting money into a permanent facility. That works as long as that philosophy of ministry is alive in your church or Mm -hmm. you're there leading it. Sure. But it doesn't speak well for the longevity of that ministry. Mm -hmm. You do need to have an official landing place. Uh, And then you need to ask the question, how big, what kind of a place is it going to be? But I do think it's a good thing for us to get a permanent location that we can call our home and then send people from that. There's a balance in it. So we've tried to, um, we, we've actually approached a ministry in, uh, in our community about possible merge and, and that didn't, it didn't pan out, but um, that's also a possibility uh, to find another church that, yeah. that needs to be revitalized. Um, and is is possibly on the edge of, of dying and possibly consider you know doing something like that. We've, we've so. tried that as well. It hasn't been successful okay. yet, but we have tried that. <laughs> was that after we, when was it when was that? Oh, I mean, we're, it's like Recently. going on right now. Oh, okay. I mean, we we're we're constantly turning over every stone yeah. to look for potentials and none of these are 
are like perfect solutions. Yeah. Like they all have problems mm-hmm. connected to them, but we're just investigating and praying and hoping and seeking what yeah. God would do for us next. Sure. We're talking a lot about logistics. How do we do this? Why do we do this? Where do we do this? Uh, I know we talked a little bit about this last night, um, or yeah, last night over dinner. But what talk a little bit about just the the guarding our hearts aspect, the the discipling people. I think sometimes when we talk about church planting, we kind of get excited and we you know I'll do this and I'll do that and building and you know logistics and finances and da da da. da. Do you ever find that the people sometimes get lost in all that? Yeah, I think there's there's so many different elements when you talk about the spiritual side sure. of this. I mean, it's it's life, it's people's lives, it's your life. Um, Jason and I were talking today on the elevator, ironically, uh, to say that I think for, for me, guarding the heart has changed as God grows and changes sure. you. And I think to remember that this is His church. Yeah. Uh, I will build my church. Mm-hmm. Uh, there becomes a... Uh, less of a defensiveness to your own personal ministry. I think as a church planner, you feel like you take ownership. This is the yeah. church I'm planting. Yeah. Uh, I'm doing this. When in reality, it's his church. Uh, yeah. He's going to build. He's going to bring the right people. He's going to bring the right facilities. He's going to sure. bring all this together. But it's just stepping back and say, Lord, I, I've got to learn to trust you that you know what's best. Yeah. And that kind of guarded my heart when I think initially this was uh, can be very possessive of your own church. Yeah. yeah, I think, and that I think in any category of life, I can find my identity. Mm-hmm in my job I can find my identity in ministry instead of finding my identity in Christ sure. yeah. and uh, you know resting there instead of that I, I think having a group of men that work alongside of you and as much as both of you can continue to push in that direction towards sure. identifying men in the church that have yeah. the gift of pastor teacher yeah. and figure out a way to facilitate a path for them to become lay pastors volunteer pastors that would be a feeding ground for the, you know, the paid staff as an idea. Um, that that's been so helpful for me because the encouragement that you have yeah. in community is so much better than isolation. That's just loving God, loving your neighbor, and it, it's helpful in that way. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Good. What else? You guys have any other input, um, thoughts? Uh, maybe someone's listening who who wants to go church planning. Any any advice as they start off? I think for me it would be just don't overthink it. You know, if God's called you to it, you have a burden, jump in and enjoy the moments. Enjoy. I would encourage you, John, enjoy those days, the small days. You don't get those back. There's something fun about setting up chairs and seeing God provide something new to your church, whether it's a piano or a songbook or a projector, whatever you're using. Uh, there's great joy in just seeing God provide. And don't forget those. I think we, we forget them quickly uh, that He's providing, He's meeting your needs. Yeah, I think uh, we. One of the things that has been encouragement uh, for us, I know, is, you know, sometimes we try to, my, my tendency at least, I try to figure everything out um, to the last detail. And uh, when we when we came up here, we, um, we uh, really, I just put my two-week notice into my job and uh, moved up really without knowing what was going to happen. Mm. And, you know, God just, um, I was telling you guys the other night, you know, there was one place that we asked if they would support us financially, and they said no. <laughs> All the other places, we didn't seek them out. They actually sought us out, yeah. including you know Palmetto. You guys, um, in fact, still uh, support us financially. But I just think that element too of um, that just faith and that rest in God of yeah. 
even be, being willing to do things, um, not, not irrational, but a sense of risk of, I'm just going to trust God and I'm just going to go out and, um, and rest in him and let him, uh, let him provide. So, yeah. The last thing I'd add to that is like unashamedly encourage people that are thinking about church planting yeah. to consider getting training. Mm-hmm. I'm teaching a new course at Bob Jones Seminary mm-hmm. on church planting and revitalization, and it's a hybrid course, which is mainly online, mm-hmm. except for one week each semester, okay. we're going to meet up in a different city, and we're going to, at that city, spend the whole week okay. in the mornings talking about it, in the afternoons going out and doing it, yeah. meeting with pastors, and I think that would be a great tool yeah. for people to consider to um, say, how do I do this? Yeah. And then do it and build friendships that would last a lifetime. So if someone's interested in that, where can they go to Where can I go? Where can I go to check that out? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You mean you can email me at jormisto at bju.edu. That would awesome. be the easiest one. Right. Yeah, or just Google Jason Ormist and Bob Jones and you'll, you guys you'll find me. Are come to Orville for part of that or...? Um, it's an urban emphasis, so probably not. <laughs> but um, we will love on you, that's for sure. Yeah, I'm thinking more. Uh, we're, we've got earmarked Detroit, uh, Minneapolis, Los Angeles, New York City, okay. those types of places. The country needs the gospel, too. I agree, and I'm glad you guys are giving it. <laughs> we're, keep bringing it. Uh, thank you guys uh, so much for, uh, for joining us. Glad to have you here today. Thanks, John. Thanks. So. It was fun. Thanks for listening to Crossview Radio. I'm John Marino, pastor of Crossview Church in Orville. We meet Sundays at 10 a.m. at the Orville YMCA. To find out more about Crossview Church, visit us online at crossvieworville.com.